everyone. Welcome to another edition of Founder Wisdom Podcast. Today we have Ben, ben Adaret with us. He is CEO of GRC uh, Consulting Group. Ben, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, happy to. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, so real quick, my name is Ben Ben Adaret. I'm 45 years old, married plus two. I was born and raised in Israel. Uh, founded my first company, which is GRC, at the age of 32, uh, a year before my oldest son was born. Um, been living with the entrepreneurship uh, mindset uh, um, ever since. I uh, founded a few other companies along the way. Uh, both, I mean, right now we have, uh, I have two security brands under my belt. Both are growing right now, one more rapidly than the other. Uh, I forgot to mention that uh, I moved to the U.S. Uh, about three years ago from Israel to California. And GRC Consulting is a cybersecurity consulting firm. Uh, it's a global firm at the moment. We have uh, you know, customers uh, in, mostly in the U.S., I'm in Europe and Israel, and we have a team of around 60 employees right now. The other company, Concealing Labs, is a certification body, uh, also in the cybersecurity space, deals mostly with compliance. Need to ask, um, you seem to be in San Francisco. How are the real estate price right now? And why did you decide to make the move? So we moved uh, at July 2019, knowing this is the, probably the most expensive place in the U.S. It's just that our customer base is mostly startup companies. And mm -hmm. it just seems that the Silicon Valley was the best place to be in. Uh, prices are insane. That's, that's true. Uh, but I think the business upside uh, is compensating for that. What do you think about the future of San Francisco startups? And can you also make a quick comparison between Tel Aviv startup and tell us about uh, what you think will be the growth rate of Tel Aviv vs. Uh, San Francisco in a couple of years from now? Well, I mean, that's a good question. I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer it. Um, from what I'm seeing right now, there's a um, big shift from, you know, to answer your first part of the question, there's a big shift in uh, migration, I would say, from the San Francisco Bay Area to mm -hmm. other hubs in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of them is Austin, Texas. Austin, and, yeah. yeah, and you have other places as well. Uh, I think, I, I think the... Culture, I mean, the startup culture here between startup between uh, San Francisco and Tel Aviv, there are many similarities. Um, I, I really don't know how, how to compare the two, to be honest. It's just that from what I'm seeing, there's like, um, a, it's like a phased approach. A lot of uh, the startup uh, scene in Israel, they start off uh, at, in Tel Aviv and at some point they either migrate completely or they establish a secondary or a primary location here in the Bay Area. Uh, but again, having said that, I've uh, been seeing a lot of uh, companies moving to the Austin area right now. Thank you for trying yourself at that one. It was a, a tricky one. Um, why have you uh, decided to go deep in the security world? Why, why did you get attracted to that field? Um, you know, it, for me, it just happened that I found myself uh, in the security, in the information security world about 22 years back. And I think for me, it was more being with a passion of becoming an, an entrepreneur and doing something for myself. And it's just that I just decided to capitalize on the thing I know to do best, which was at the time information security. And I just, uh, you know, created a business around it. 
And what made you uh, do that jump from employee to entrepreneur? Uh, that's a good question. I think, you know, it has a lot of uh, facets and tears to it, but uh, ultimately it was me feeling I, was, I wasn't uh, really living up to my potential, not doing enough with my life. And I just wanted a more meaningful experience and I wanted to, to really create something and do something for myself and for my family. So looking back at it, was it a good decision that you made the jump? Yes, it was probably the best decision I've made apart from getting married and, you know, and having two, two beautiful kids. Nice. Like only from a freedom perspective, but also from a financial perspective, do you think you could have done better like in this market or just, you know, hustling out in your own startups? You know, I never know what I know, what I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the opportunity cost would have been and how much I, you know, I could have done elsewhere. I might be able, yeah, I mean, right now I can't complain financially. Not to say that right now, you know, going into the market, I might be able to earn more. I, I don't know. Uh, but again, if, if even if I go out to the market and, and earn more, that's because of the skill set that I have right now that I couldn't have had it otherwise. Um, but it's not on, I mean, I don't think financially that that's the, the main motivator for me. It was more around the, I mean, at the time, obviously finance was, was a part of it, but freedom, freedom has a big part of it as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, just the freedom to, to choose what I do. So tell us a bit more about the GRC. Um, how many employees, how many clients right now? Well, in terms of employees, we have around 60 globally. Customer base, uh, I don't have the exact number, but probably around the 200 number uh, right now. Mostly U.S. companies or still a lot of uh, Israel in there? Right now, it's, uh, I would say, like half and half. But, uh, you know, it's um, the the other company that I was mentioning, Concilium, only has U.S. companies and some European companies. So we don't have any, any Israeli companies. What are the difference between U.S. and Israeli clients, culturally speaking? Well, there are many differences. I think um, for the U.S., uh, it's more about um, helping your partner and customer to streamline whatever you can and just get the job done. Okay. Uh, less micromanagement, I would say, on the customer's end and just, you know, deliverables driven and results driven as opposed to the marketing in Israel, which is, you know, more, uh, I don't even know how to, how to phrase it, but uh, it's just very different. Yeah. It's the same. She would ask me like, because I'm Canadian, what, what are the difference between Canadian clients and us? I'd say us is it's way better. Their mentality, they're, they're more capitalist and uh, comfortable with letting go of money. While Canadian clients are more, I don't know, a bit more conservative with their money, right? So generally speaking, but yeah, it's a, like you said, it's, it's a question with many tiers. Um, I like that one. I might use it for my, my future interviews. Um, so GRC, I mean, it's, it's growing. Uh, you've been at it since 13 years, which is a lot of time uh, to me. Are you focused mostly on startups nowadays or do you also do uh, companies with like, let's say 50, 100, 150 uh, employees? 
Yeah, so I think it, you know, uh, we have a spread of customers and on average, we work more with, with uh, smaller companies, startup companies mostly in the tech space. We do, we do have a portfolio of larger customers, um, even more than 50, 150 employees. We have customers with a few thousands, uh, but right now, the, this is how we started. We, you know, we've been working with startup companies and we're still very focused on, on this. And uh, we'll probably be moving up market. To, we are moving up market actually. Okay. What are challenges that you faced over these 13 years? What are the fires that you had to extinguish in the company in those last, uh, in this last decade and plus? Well, I don't know if we have enough time for that, but yeah. <laughs> as you can imagine, there are always uh, challenges around a myriad of topics, you know, anything from operational difficulties to sales challenges to training of personnel to keeping up the quality. It's just really, you know, wherever you turn, you 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 face a challenge and, you know, keeping the staff happy, keeping your customers happy, keeping the, the team members that you want to keep uh, on board and on the same page. Uh, it's just a lot of work, a lot of um a lot of communication, and I feel that wherever things break, it's mostly due to um, a lack of communication or broken communication, or you know something something was not delivered as it should or was not executed. But I think key to that is communication or lack of. Yeah, in the in the human business, that's a, that's a constant. Yesterday, I tweeted also that adversity is stasis in business you know like it's always there's always something and I, I think it builds us entrepreneur to have immense grit which is a very good and strong reason why I'm in entrepreneurship you know not only for money but how it builds me and builds my character and literally makes me a better human being better husband better future father and better friend you know so um, thank you for, for sharing that. I'm curious as per, well, I have two follow-up questions with what you just mentioned. First, how do you get these A players? What are your HR and recruitment strategies to get these top players in your business? Well, you know, it's hard work. Uh, I think for me, um, it was nurturing a core leadership team that was paramount to the success of the company, I think everybody needs to have to share your core values, but you need to have the leadership in, in place driving it on a, on a daily basis. And for me, the key was to identify the potential key players early on, nurturing them, supporting them throughout their own growth process, um, because no one is born a leader, um, because that's my opinion. So for me, it's really getting uh, like a qualified super aligned leadership team getting them ready getting them trained and then letting them manage your own teams and, and doing the same basically so it can trickle down across the organization and you know speaking 30 seconds to 60 seconds to someone if they're a good fit for your company sorry can you say it again by speaking 30 to 60 seconds to someone can you know if they're a good fit for your company uh Doubtful, doubtful. Um, yeah, I, I would like to say yes, but I think to be honest, I think it's no. Um, 
I don't even know to identify when when it is that I know if there's a, you know if, if, if this is a long-term relationship or not. It's just uh, for me it's more of a process, but um, no, I can't say that that I do unfortunately. If I, if I had that ability, I would probably be a better recruiter. I, I mean that was a tricky one. I, I seem to have this ability, but only to discard them. Um, I can tell if they're not a fit, but I can't tell if I would recruit them at the end of the uh, at the end of the interview. You know, like looking so many profiles and interviewing so many people. Like, I think I got this this third sense. Generally speaking, uh, I can certainly discard them, but I'm not sure if I'm gonna take them through my my full process. Um, then my follow up question for you was, uh, what's your role as a CEO right now? Is it mostly focus on sales, mostly on HR? A bit of everything. What does does a day in your CEO life look like? Yeah, you know, so my role has shifted uh, throughout the years, and certainly it has shifted since I moved here to the U.S. Because basically, I had to uh, take a few steps back and uh, redo what I've you know been doing or what I did like seven eight years ago before moving here. Right now, where I'm at right now, so it's a little bit of everything, mostly focused around. Uh, business development, uh, sales, uh, you know, some support with working with customers and uh, and obviously the leadership team. But uh, right now it's more heavily focused on business development and sales, where before I moved here, it was a very different role because these components and key, I had the key players in place for that already. Okay. Where do you see the, the company going? Because, I mean, you've been at it for 13 years. You seem to um, having invested in a company, a wealth board advisor at Uplink. Where do you see the company going? And do you want to spend, you know, like more time in that company or start a new one, uh, hatch new startups, be some kind of incubator? What, uh, what are your plans for the next five to 10 years? So for now, is uh, I'm, I'm with a very strong uh, growth mindset so um, keep growing the company we have b hacks for both companies uh keep them up to a point where i would be able to basically take a step back manage the group and then you know figure out what i want to do but for now uh, we're still on the course to achieving our b hacks and that's that's a good thing i also forgot to ask you uh, i mean i have some questions about Israeli vs. US, but do you hire mostly in uh, Israel right now? And what is the difference uh, between an Israeli and US in terms of uh, talent and culture? So right now we, we we hire globally. So we have employees, uh, you know, in, in Israel, obviously, we have employees in the US, we have employees in South America, India, Eastern Europe, uh, and the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a lot of, uh, cultural differences between you know the various countries and regions uh to your to your question i think the, um, one of the main difference between the israel and israeli employees and the u.s employees is just uh with israeli employees it's sometimes easier to uh, uh you know give out and and um not undetermined but uh so the tasks that we we can we can provide to an Israeli employee would most likely not need to be as well defined as and well coherent as we need to do for a U.S. employee, and hmm. they will 
And with a higher probability, the, the, uh, an average Israeli employee that's qualified for the job will be able to, to, to tackle the task. Okay. Whereas with the U.S. employees, again, mostly, and this is just like in broad terms, yeah. you need to be much more uh, specific and, um, you know, and the, the, the out-of-the-box thinking is not as second nature as it is with um, a lot of Israelis, I, I would say. On the other hand, I mean, uh, Israeli employees have a lot of downsides as well. You know, uh, obviously language is one of them and uh, the way... They communicate with customers. It's uh, it's a it's a completely different uh, thing and challenge that you need to to be able to provide them and train them on. You know, this is not how you talk to a U.S. customer. You need to change the way you approach them, whether it's you know in a written format or even verbally. Interesting. So more entrepreneurship on the Israeli side, right? Yeah, well, I would say uh, you can sum it up. Uh, Absolutely. Good. I want to get uh, to the personal side now because there's an entrepreneur be behind every business. Um, what does your morning routine look like? How do you set yourself up to success at work? Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's uh, for success, but my morning routine is pretty much the same for the past uh, two and a half years since COVID started. Before that, it was slightly different. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, right now I wake up around 5 to 5.15 a.m., get a cup of coffee, get a glass of uh, freshly squeezed uh, orange juice or whatever other citrus fruit they have in season, check my emails, uh, dress up and go out for a run. I run approximately 90 minutes uh, almost every day, like four, four, five, six times a week, depending on the week. And 19 or 90? 90. 90. 90 an hour and a half. That's a long yeah. run. That's like... Yeah, it's like a, a, like a nine and a half, almost nine and a half miles, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, get back, grab a shower, grab another cup of coffee, mostly some water, and then, you know, start my day, usually at home in my home office. And in some cases, I drive to an office I rent uh, not far from, from where I live here in San Jose. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my morning, my, uh, my miracle morning or whatever you want to call it. Ali Rudd, yeah. Do you listen to some audiobooks or podcasts when you're on the run? Yes. So, you know, it, it rotates. Uh, sometimes I, I, I'm i at a phase where I listen to podcasts. Other, otherwise, I, I, I listen to music. Right now, I'm in my audiobooks phase. So I just, I'm, I've been listening to a lot of uh, audiobooks. And for a while, I was uh, listening to, uh, to an app called Blinkist, which is I'm not sure if you're familiar. So yeah. they sum up the book for like, yeah, like 15, 10 minutes. So before mm -hmm. COVID, I was working out in a gym. So I would just listen up, listening up to that, just, mm -hmm. you know, consuming books and uh, just trying to learn or, you know, relax, whatever. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's a good routine. And then what, what do you do if you come back, uh, you know, from work and you are stressed and to not bring that, that stress home? Do you have any mindset tips or well-being tips that you can tell to other stressed out founders? Yeah, I mean, I can't claim to have the, the silver bullets to this. And I mean, I bring a lot of uh, a lot of my work day into my, my home day. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, I try to avoid it. I just try to, for me, I think I need to, uh, whenever I'm, I mean, what works for me when I'm able to cut off, to, to do the cut off between 
work and home is basically to just put my phone aside and you know focus on trying to be with my kid or just chilling out in front of the television of the tv or you know maybe going out for a bicycle ride or for a quick walk or or even even going out to costco mm. just um yeah yeah it's it's always hard not to bring your your problems at work you know like a skill that i've learned with my wife in the past few years is to just tell her about the things you know and not keep them in my mind and because back in the days i was like a lock security gate you know and i everything would go i'm a very cerebral person kind of introverted so all these things they go on in my mind then she looks at me and i'm looking at the distance like this you know and yeah. she's like what is going on in your head um So I, I started telling her this. Do you have any relationship tips for an entrepreneur? You know how to uh, keep the relationship healthy and positive. Yeah. Again, I'm not an expert on that, but I do feel that uh, the minute we started talking more, as you just said, and you know, just uh, not not really to vent, but to share, to yeah. you know. to talk to 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 your spouse or partner and telling them what's going on uh it does alleviate a lot of uh stress uh but you know for me it's just not something i can do it every day <laughs> just uh calendar wise it the time doesn't really allow it as as you, as you probably know sometimes you know by the time you're off someone needs to get ready with dinner with the kids and you, you know what it is so you don't have the opportunity every day you have any parenting tips to raise you know like happy and and successful kids can we can we like uh, have them do some entrepreneurial stuff so that they, they can be freer later any parenting tips on that well you know it's too early on in the game for me to say uh, my oldest is 11 my youngest is nine mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm trying all kinds of things right now uh, um, We did even try at some point, uh, I tried uh, teaching them about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and we sat down and we, you know, discussed, uh, the, we said we'll be founding this company just as a, you know, a, an exercise. And we, we got to the point where we, we, I asked them, okay, what's the product? And then we had a brainstorming session and we came with a few product ideas and my wife came out with one and she actually... Uh, Took it all the way and she she created the board game which is out there right now it's nice. called uh, it's called who knows me better so yeah mm-hmm. she went through the old product the, the entire process of creating a product uh, which is live uh so they definitely learned something out of that uh, but other than that i think for me just um letting them know they have our support uh, you know telling them that you love them as much as possible i think that will From, for my kids, it infuses a lot of confidence. For sure. What are you investing in nowadays? It can be like financial stuff or it can be stuff that improves your health. What are you investing in nowadays? Um, so, you know what? Uh, I think for me, the, the best investment that I've done was investing in my mind, just uh, keep, keep learning, keep growing, keep... Uh, seeking out like uh, assistance and sharing of experience um I'm, i'm really trying to invest my time smartly uh attending you know networking groups and entrepreneurs and organizations that i'm a part of uh you know that the usual investment like whatever like the the the, the, the tangible stuff like real estate and uh, real estate and uh, like portfolios investments that that's also going on 
but I think all of it, it's, uh, that's a derivative of uh, really investing in yourself, investing in your mind, um, because that's basically the, the only uh, golden goose. The, I think that's it. That's it. When do you think about the recession talks nowadays? Do you think we're in a recession? And how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think we're uh, at the beginning of a recession uh, era that will, in my estimation, we'll probably see a dip for like a year and a year and a half. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Uh, what do I feel about that? Uh, I think that, uh, you know, with every down market downturn, there are, there are some opportunities, um, mostly financial. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we've been through a couple of cycles of recessions already. So if adjustments are needed, we'll do the adjustments. We'll just try to, you know, stay the course, do what's needed. I don't really have clear, well, I don't have a crystal ball or clear visibility on how we will act and what we would need to do. It's just that uh, I do feel that for the past, uh, you know, year and a half, uh, the market has been blowing and it was it was bound to happen. And yeah. it just needed a trigger. In this case, the trigger maybe was, you know, the war in the Ukraine. I don't know. But um, it always happens. I mean, it's a cycle. Yeah, I think party's over for people that were partying. I wasn't partying, you know. I'm playing my own game, so it won't really affect me. But, uh, yeah, the party's over um, for, unfortunately, guys. Um <laughs> One last uh, question for you, Ben. Um, if you have one piece of advice for founders out there, what would it be? Um, I think I think what a lot of founders forget, and I see that you know, being surrounded by entrepreneurs and startup founders as well, don't forget to live through the process. And for me, that was one of the decisions I've made in not pursuing a career in startup and rather you know building my own company which is a bit more traditional i didn't want to wake up like 10 years into the game you know figuring out i missed out on my my kids um you know uh, early years uh, i mean the years that they really care about you <laughs> is, is anywhere between zero to i don't know 12 13 14 i guess yep, yep. and i just i i wanted to be there um i wanted to live like you live life now. You don't. You don't need to wait to for pension to to the you know to the point when you when you retire uh, until you can live. So mm. just try to live through the process and don't put everything on hold and just be super focused on the startup on growth yeah. because eventually that's not what you you know at the end of the journey <laughs> probably you won't regret that you wouldn't oh, yeah. you would probably regret about the time you missed out with family yeah be there in all fields of your life and not delay gratification you know i'll be happy in 10 years you know but yeah you'll miss 10 years of your children's life so good advice very good advice ben uh where can people find out more about you well i'm i'm all, I'm all over linkedin mostly not mm -hmm. so active on facebook um we do have a twitter account but that's for you know business uh, needs so linkedin is probably the best way to reach out to me ben benadret uh pretty easy and grc.com grsee.com yeah that's the that's the website of grc yeah <laughs> all right my man thank you so much yeah thank you charles have a good one